0: I'm just not of the mindset of going right in. And here's a bullet point list. Let's run through these items. We all have the capacity to be a leader be run by ideas not hierarchy the best ideas have to win that leadership is the art of getting people to want to do what must be done
1: this is the cloud leaders podcast on this show i am to talk to real people who lead real teams to accomplish real goals No influencers speak, no fake inspirational speeches, just real, practical conversations around what it takes to be a successful leader in today's complex world of information technology management. Let's get after it. Welcome to, this is number five. I can't believe I've done five of these already. Today, we're going to have a little bit of a, I think an interesting perspective because there's, in, in the technology world, there's a group of people that are tightly interwoven into the way software companies deliver their technology, and we'll, we'll talk about this thing and what that is. But first of all, let me just introduce uh, my, my friend and my guest, uh, Mr. Jesse Martinez. Jesse, how are you? Hey,
0: good afternoon, Brent. Doing fine. How about yourself?
1: And uh, I'm going to I'm going to bury, I'm going to give away the lead right away here when we're talking about Jesse, who, who are you and, and what do you do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I currently am a, uh, healthcare segment leader. I've got the distinct privilege of leading a really super talented, super sharp group of, uh, folks known as technical account managers at VMware, uh, for a few different regions.
1: And that's, that, that is the thing. So the TAMs, the technical account managers, those, this, this group of, uh, dare I say, ragtag individuals who they're kind of on the front lines of what customers across multiple spectrum, this isn't just a VMware thing, there are TAMs and all kinds of different, you know, vendors and industries and and TAMs, I think are a thousand percent crucial to the success and the delivery of what most technology companies do. Would you agree with that statement, Jesse? Absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, very passionate about, uh,
0: the role, um, specifically because I have been one, had the distinct privilege of, of servicing customers. And so really, you know, taking it and peeling it back a little bit more is, you know, our role essentially is to, uh, drive a customer's, uh, investment in our platform forward, uh, through the, adoption or the acceleration of adopting our products within their environment and their business. So, you know, there's many things that we can equate to what that all means. Uh, I like to look at it as, you know, technical coaching, uh, being able to advise, provide guidance uh, for things that customers, you know, shouldn't have to worry about searching for, right? Being the advisor, their lifecycle coach, um, for their investment, those are things that we have um, skills and the ability to do to make sure that we are unlocking our products' full potential for our customers.
1: Yeah, and I and I think it's a very uh, critical. It's a it's a, it's a it's a very critical position, and I think it's a very like nuanced role at the same time because you know as 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 a, as a TAM. Um, you're sort of this kind of go between the customer and the rest of the vendor account team, and in, in many cases, um, but in many cases also you're fully embedded into sometimes one specific customer, and so you know you're, you're you, a lot of TAMS sometimes blur the lines between you know working for the vendor that that they get a paycheck from and working for their customer because they're almost one and the same sometimes, so it's you know, without being obviously, you know, a, a paid staff member of the, of the customer. But it's, it's weird in that respect where it's, you know, they deliver this very specific service, but the value that they create out of it, um, when it goes extreme, when it goes well, and in you know most cases that I've seen, it goes really well. Um, it really helps kind of focus what, what the customer wants to get done in a way that people or accounts who don't have Tams seem to lack kind of lack that focus sometimes
0: right no you you hit the nail on the head um we have to advocate as, as a dual role because we have to advocate for our customers that we work with and of course we are the advocate for VMware we want to make sure we're the broker of of, of a lot of different things and a lot of different business units and you know it's we play a lot of roles, right? And, and, you know, being a coordinator of sorts to get the right people um, to be efficient for the customer to help them through things, because, you know, there's going to be things we, we just, we can't all know about and we can't cover. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's important to, to understand our customer, know their business priorities, their IT priorities, but also how can we align our top talent, our resources, To make sure that we're efficient for the customer and we get them the right answer the first time
1: so partly why i wanted to talk to you jesse is you are now in charge of leading this group of tams and so in a way like tams have to be leaders within their own right of you know they're whoever they're charged with taking care of so they kind of have to have a trusted advisor or leadership status within their own day-to-day role that they're filling but then you now have this distinct privilege of trying to to arm and support and lead the TAMs themselves in ways that they can better do their job and better serve their end customer so that's got to be extremely challenging number one and number two um what are some of the things that that you kind of find yourself doing on a day-to-day basis to help, um, arm your team, your team of, you know, these very specialized individuals, um, get stuff done that needs to get done. Right. And,
0: and so great two-part question, and, and hopefully I can answer it in, in the way that I believe is how I feel about things. So if we yeah. pull back a little bit, you know, the leadership aspect of it, Three things for me that, you know, I live by a code. Um, Three key things for leadership uh, that encompass kind of the answers to, you know, being able to entrust uh, a team of uh, very high quality individuals. First thing right out of the gate is leadership cannot be about you, right? Um, That is the biggest thing right out of the gate is that in a leadership journey, it cannot be anything about you it has to be about your people because as soon as you lose sight of that game over right so i'm really a big proponent of making sure that it isn't about me as soon as you step into a leadership role it has to be about the team that you've been um you've had the you know the distinction to lead uh number two is there has to be mutual respect and trust. I think those things go hand in hand as item number two. But, you know, it's hard to gain people's trust. And so that's something that has to be cultivated. It's got to be earned, right? It's not something overnight. It You have to develop that. And how do you develop that? Well, you have to build and create relationships. But then how do you do that? And at the end of it, if you peel it really Back down to the nucleus, it starts with communication, Uh, how you're communicating, what you're communicating. You absolutely have to build that culture of trust. And it's built over communication. Uh, And in order to maintain the respect and trust, you've got to maintain the relationship. So uh, a lot there, but I make that a focal point that respect and trust go hand in hand. And number three, you just have to care. You've got to care about the people uh, they gotta care about the work that they're doing. You have to care about the organization, you have to care about the business that you're in. And in terms of caring of your about yourself, you do have to care about yourself. You have to maintain a healthy work-life balance. So, you know, saying thanks and 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 knowing how to say it is all I think connected to these three things that make for me leadership. So I would like to think. Um, passionate about it, being successful about it, and so taking those things right and leading with those principles for my team, right, I, I've, and, and in the role itself of, of entrusting, you know, technical account managers to represent the brand, represent the team is so instrumental and empowering them. Based off these three key pin- principles for me, is I think why we're successful in doing what we do. Um, I'm here to, to, to teach, I'm here to coach. And, and those are things that I'm passionate. I'm fired about not necessarily, you know, you do this, you have to do this. You should do it this way. It, 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 it goes beyond that. Yeah, and so no, nobody likes that. Yeah. No, nobody likes that. And, and, you know, so, so that's not part of my code. My DNA is I can, you know, micromanagement, you know, be, be furthest from, my leadership style. So that trust is I can trust the team to do what's right for the customer, uh, for our brand, right? And and just overall, just being a good representative of what the team is all about.
1: But I mean, this is the thing that I that I find interesting with this is, you know, we're it's 2023. We've gone through like we were doing remote work before remote work was cool, but there's probably, you know, a lot of the like the, a lot of the vast majority of your team is not necessarily in your geographic region that you can just go see them, right? No, not at all. So how does managing a team from a distance affect your ability to build a relationship with them? Yeah, so there's a lot of
0: platforms I use, you know, in order to stay connected with the team. And again, I, I, I caution the micromanagement factor into it because I'm not about putting a meeting just to put a meeting on there. Right. So beyond meetings, right. There's, you know, I am, whether it's teams, whether it's Slack, uh, you know, there's also having really meaningful conversations and one-on-ones, you know, doing virtual office hours with the team, just so that I'm available. You know, we've got to be communicating and it's got to be, you know, two-way. One of the things that I've I've mentioned to the to the team in any type of leadership setting is regardless of what feedback or what an employee has to say, right? We need feedback, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, feedback is feedback. And, and it has to be both ways, right? And so that for me is super important um, to know what I'm thinking. Uh, is important for for you know my team as well as for me to know what they're thinking. So uh, I go back again to the communication piece, right I am not meeting necessarily uh, one-on-one every week with some individuals. sometimes it's it's a little bit uh, less than that. But as long as we have a medium and, and I, you know, it doesn't matter how we're communicating phone call, texting, we're communicating nonetheless. Right. And yeah. there's going to be bad days and that's okay, but it's important to know that they're okay to share the things that are going on that make those days bad. And, you know, maybe there's not a magic solution, but it really comes down to having open conversation. Uh, it's a two way street. So that for me, is what I use to be able to connect the group uh, more so because we are distributed. It is, it is a distributed setting. I've got, you know, some folks uh, out in California, some in Illinois, right? Uh, some in Tennessee. Oh, wow. And so how do we, how do we engage? How do we make sure we're still one team? And yeah, we, we have a, a weekly team call and sometimes we go on camera, sometimes we don't, but we are always talking, whether it's email, i am a phone call it, it, it is key to uh to having a good
1: uh team relationship do you try to run through kind of the same like three things with with each person as every time you do a one-on-one with them or is it something where you know that this a certain individual's customer might be going through a specific issue and so you're you know just touching base on that or that kind of thing or like Do you have, do you try to kind of follow a form formula for one-on-ones or do you, or is it, or is it kind of pretty fluid in terms of how you stay in touch with people? Great question.
0: Uh, It's fluid. Uh, You know, I found out sometimes you're, you're going to need an agenda in different settings, but you know, when it comes to a one-on-one, you generally want to know how the person is doing. That's so important. And, you know, I talk about this key phrase called you know preheating the oven um and you know you just i'm just not of the mindset of going right in and here's a bullet point list let's run through these items and then (laughs) have a question like like that just it, it doesn't it doesn't work for me um and so i try specifically uh to steer away from that so of course there are things that you know we have to get through um, that are important, right? There's questions to be asked. But generally speaking, it is a fluid conversation because I want to know how things are going, right? And I also want them to know how things are going. So in those one on one settings, it's important to understand that although we do have to talk about certain things, there is no formal agenda. There is no bullet, like there's no punch list that uh, that i that I go through, right? There are things that I want to make sure this is their time. And they have to be comfortable enough to bring those things. And hey, if we're talking about something else because we, we we caught up on work, and it's either talking about family, it's talking about Netflix or whatever. Want to make sure it's 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 a conversation, right? Rather than a reporting check-in type, right? Because I, I I've been through those, and those just don't seem to go over well. Yeah. And you can't you can't really be unfiltered. Right. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you, you, I want folks to know that if there is a filter in certain settings, right, it's fine. But, you know, if you're unfiltered, you understand their perspective of what may be going on uh, in the neighborhood. So hopefully that kind of explains, at least from my viewpoint, how I, how
1: yeah, I, yeah, no, that. I think it's good because I think it's one of those things of like, Everybody kind of like, like some, I know some leaders will want to just check the box, right? Like, oh, I did my one-on-ones this week and you know, I found no, out a couple of things yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. cause, cause you know, from a, from an end end person perspective, there's, there's a lot of box checking that people who aren't in leadership roles that they have to do, you know, or they have to get, yeah, get their TPS reports in, you know, and make sure that, <laughs> that they don't forget bad. the cover page on the TPS report. Um, right you know it's that kind of basic stuff that everybody's got to do that un- it annoys us all to no end but every, you know at, at the end of the day we all work for for businesses and businesses have processes and sometimes you got to check the box so you know and and yeah. and I and I and, and, and I've worked for managers before like that where where yeah you could tell like they weren't in it um for anything other than just to be there And yeah, when, when they were talking to you, they're just talking to you just to check the box to say that they did it. Um, Right. And when that happens, right. Are you willing to disclose more
0: or, or, you know, pull back a little bit on what, what is my, what is my manager going to think if I'm, you know, there's, there's some issues going on with um, you know, customers or even my own space, right. You're not going to be comfortable sharing those things if, if we're just there to check a box you can't get to the root of issues or things that really need to be discussed and that's so important
1: part of well, what i've been going through with with this and in these conversations i've been playing people uh clips of stuff that i found from so-called leadership experts in some cases and i want to get kind of the gut reaction feedback on this and this is this clip was is in the opening of the show, and I don't think I've played this full thing yet, but this is Jim Collins talking about what leaders are supposed to do. It's not about getting people to do what must be done. It's about getting them to want to do what must be done. It's not a science, it's an art. And each person has to cultivate his or her own artistry. It might be oratory, it might be the pen, it might be a genius for figuring out who are the six right people to get in a room and what is the one question to ask. And it's developing your own peculiar art form. You learn from others, but you don't copy them. What do you think about this idea of leadership being an art form and everybody's kind of got their own little nuances to it and not necessarily copying things? Do you find yourself kind of leading that way?
0: Yeah, so, you know, that that uh, that's an interesting, you know, clip. Um, but yeah, I as much as leaders, you know, I think sometimes we tend to think that leadership has something to do with teaching, right? I, I think I look at it from a very much a, a student aspect. I'd, I'd rather play the part of being a student because I'm always learning, I'm always you know, on LinkedIn, I'm always observing, uh, absorbing and observing things that are going on in leadership forums and groups and pages and what have you. And so I do firmly believe there is an art to it, right? at the end of the day, there are going to be elements that for, for leadership um, that everyone should share, right. Uh, Whether it's, you know, being organized, empathetic, um, energetic, right. But there's, there's a way to deliver that. Uh, Some do it a little bit different than others and it's okay. um, Just like an individual contributor, right. There, there's work that needs to get done, right. As long as I get to my destination, the journey may be different for everyone. And I think it's the same exact thing for leadership, right? I've, you know, been in a leadership type role uh, for a few years. And, you know, previous even to to, uh, my current role here at VMware, um, coming over as a a team lead for six or seven years uh, gave me an opportunity to be exposed to different types of leadership. And always learning um, is the way that I look at things. And even from a manager that... You may deem as not the best manager, or maybe a weak manager, or maybe even a micromanager. That's still a powerful thing because you're taking those things and you are calling them out so that when you are in an opportunity to get into a leadership role, you don't do those things. Right. So, whether you have strong leaders, great leaders, or even leaders that you just don't necessarily agree with you're always in this mode of learning what you would do and then putting it in, in your tool bag. And so it is an art, right. Um, as, as far as I'm concerned,
1: I guess, and I guess that's interesting. Cause like, and I think that's part of why I wanted to have these conversations is like, I like just to kind of pick and choose and see, like, how do people do this thing? Because, you know, like I'm, you know, trying to lead from the, from, you know, the position that I'm in just within my customers really, and, and trying to be a leader in my customer's mind. And just you know, like shepherding them the way that 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 we feel they need to go in certain directions and making decisions about things and that kind of stuff. It's always tricky trying to balance this leadership without the authority. like I can't make anybody do anything in the in the individual contributor role that I'm in now, but at the same time, yeah i've I've seen other people in leadership kind of like, "Oh hey, what about this?" and just you know just fostering conversations in that way um so I think it's, it is interesting to kind of get the perspective of stuff. And I think you're right. Like I know, um, just going back through the years of all the little jobs that I've had and even bigger, longer jobs that I've had. Um, I know the leaders that I've worked with, the ones that I would emulate things that they did. And I know the ones that I've worked with that I would not do those things. <laughs> that, right. that they did, you know, and they, they're they helping you as, as, as ironic as it
0: sounds, they're helping you to be a better leader because at the end of the day, I, I love being able to develop my own playbook and sure. I've got some, some things that I've developed, but then as you come across different leaders and mentors, you're plucking and pulling and yeah, this may work, or maybe it won't, maybe I'll change a little bit of it. Oh, these things are definitely not going to work, right? But again, it's that it, it, it's always leadership is always a, a learning cycle. It's not a one and done. You can't ever, you know, feel like you've you've you know reached the the top or you've hit your capacity or the ceiling, um, because then you 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 can't organically grow. You can't continue to be a leader, and that is leadership is continually growing your style
1: it's a you, i think you mentioned something that i'm curious if you've done this in, in your career ever have you have you ever had a formal um mentorship relationship with anybody throughout your career
0: yes so uh i do um she is a well many you know um have come and gone some i still keep in touch with i did have a leadership coach um for i believe a year and a half um, she was fantastic. Um, we keep in touch once in a while. I do have another strong, um, let's just call her, a, a, she currently serves as a as a banking leader and uh, she's a life coach and she's okay. also a, a business leadership coach. And so having lunches and touch points and just follow-ups, yes, it's definitely important and it's part of how... Not only the LinkedIn side of it, but just the people aspect, talking to people, um, is is one area that that still has to be important as part of continuing education is to have these type of uh, you know small leadership circles, mm-hmm. right? To, to again follow up and you know here's what's going on in my neck of the woods, what's going on in yours, and then just fostering that that leadership synergy, I think is definitely something that I'm into and have will hopefully continue doing.
1: The other kind of piece of this that we've kind of talked about a little bit is, you know, recommended reading. So are there um, specific, you know, leadership-focused material that you have come across that you think is, you know, valuable for others to look into?
0: Yes. So one of the... like i'll be the first one to admit right reading necessarily isn't i wouldn't say my thing i'm, I'm reading all the time but it, from it's a tough perspective, yeah it, it is it when is when you tough. stare at,
1: when you stare at screens all day the last thing you want to do sometimes is just I, stare stare at exactly, something else exactly so i am a
0: big proponent a big huge fan of ted talks right i am a visual person uh, I like big animal pictures, right? That just, that's <laughs> that's, that's just me. And so uh, I get a lot out of TED Talks and also one of my favorite inspirational speakers and motivating uh, folks is Simon Sinek. Yeah. Um, and so he wrote a book called uh, Leaders Eat Last. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, so you're familiar with it, but that's uh, uh, definitely an approach that, you know, he, he's just so inspirational, right? He's He's got yeah. me questioning some of the things that I do, but, you know, finding your why, right. Is, is for me is just who would have, who would have thought it's just a very thought provoking question, but that is who I look to as one of my inspirational leaders. Um, you know, even uh, on top of the mentors that I currently have, and even in my current role, my current manager is a, is a very strong mentor of mine as well. So, um, yeah, Simon Sinek, from a, a, an author
1: perspective, and his book would, is, would be one of my favorites. His, his his two kind of first two books start with "Why" and "Leaders Eat Last" uh, are the two that I've read of his. And in I think it's in the "Leaders Eat Last" book. There's this story he relays of this guy who was some, some sort of a high-ranking military guy, and mm-hmm. you know he's giving a speech at this conference there was a specific glass of water or something on the podium that was prepared just for him because he was the keynote speaker. And then he came back the following year and noted how he was now retired and he didn't get kind of the same level of treatment because, you know, he, he, he had to basically, he had to get his own water. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he was just, he, he, there's this, there's a, I, I, this is a horrible, horrible example now, cause I'm forgetting the point of it, <laughs> but, but I think basically the, the, the general idea what he was trying to get at is like, just because you're in the, in a position of leadership, you know, you, you shouldn't necessarily always expect everybody to do everything for you, you know, exactly. and, you know, and being in, in, you know, he's like that, that glass of water wasn't for me. It was for the title is kind of what he was trying to get at. I think, Yes. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it, if you, if you read through the whole, you know, long story of, of how Cynic talks about this thing, it's, it's, it, it really is like a, like, oh, uh, it kind of hits you in this one of the, this one of those moments of like, oh my gosh, like that makes a lot of sense. Um, That's,
0: he has a lot of those Um because I, I also, you know, he's put out quite a few, you know, set of videos out there on youtube and um anytime he does diagramming or you know where he's taking a marker and and kind of whiteboarding things um it's inspirational because one of the things that you know first and foremost out of the book and just out of the way that leadership should be perceived is you've got to stop using i right it it is we it is us and that is as easy and simplistic as it sounds it means so much, and that's one of the points that I want to always be cognizant of. It is, it is very much we, and it is not I, right? And that it goes back to the my, my first point of, of leadership. It, it can't be about you, right? You, as soon as you assume a leadership role, it it completely has nothing to do with you. Um, it has to do with the team that uh, you know you you've been tasked um, to to help lead.
1: Well, Jesse, I think that is a perfect end point. For this conversation so thank you for the time thank you for the insight and and thank you for being such a great leader of your team because i appreciate you know the work that your team does on a daily basis so thank you for that
0: well and uh likewise uh you're welcome and thank you britain for the opportunity to come here uh very very honored very humble uh and yeah this was a great conversation so of course uh we'll
1: see you around yeah thanks thanks jesse absolutely Oh,